You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. You know, we always invite God to come and and uh, he gets to choose how he comes, right? Um, we no longer put stipulations. I used to ask him to come in certain ways and then I figured out that that wasn't a good plan because <laughs> he, he has way better plans than I do. Um, and sometimes what I think is the right way won't, won't necessarily be best. Um, so in one of these moments, you know, when you just feel like that incredible, it's like tangible peace, like the spirit of peace comes in these moments. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's in different ways that I can feel. You feel that. It's just the presence of God. Just, <laughs> just like, don't fall asleep. <laughs> if it's an encounter, go ahead. But <laughs> So I've, I've, got a, I've got an announcement to make, and, and then I'm going to share with you today about rhythms of rest. Um, <clears throat> but first, does, uh, does anyone have pain on their lower left side, lower Lower back, left side. Is there more? Is there more than one of you? You do. Lower left. Lower right. Well, I mean, we we'll get that healed too. Two of you right there, real close. Family right there. Anybody else? Because I felt there's is there's either one of your pain wrap around to to this, around here to like the oblique area. You know what I'm talking about? And it's it wraps around. Okay. Yep. All right. So uh, we we all uh, just will you stand up real quick? Will you? Uh, will you? Uh, how bad was the pain? Well, mine's like in and out. In and out. Is it in right now or out? Yeah, it was on the way here. Yeah. It hurt on the way here. Does it hurt now? It's a little bit. It's still there. Still there. How's your yours feel right now? Three years, so the same level right now. Okay, y'all gonna y'all gonna help me pray? I feel like Jesus is just gonna do this. I don't know if we're gonna have to. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So so Holy Spirit, we just thank you for coming right now with everything Jesus paid for for this moment. Thanks for coming with the healing. We as a family, we just come into agreement with what you have revealed to heal. In Jesus' name, we thank you. For everything in these backs going back into place, we thank you for total restoration. We thank you for all trauma from childbirth being broken off right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you. And we thank you for, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for what you're doing. Yep. You can keep just enjoying that, but lift one of your hands if you're uh, 80% or more healed right now. 80% or more healed? Yeah. 100% healed? 80% or more? Yeah. Or is it a com- if you're completely gone. Yep. Gone. Completely gone. Come on, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You can sit, you can both be seated now. You feel something happen in there? You've never had an epidural, but it literally feels nice. Thank the Lord, I have not. I seen those needles. It feels that numbness, though. Like there's, there's just, it almost feels like my back doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You, know, you notice what we did there is that we didn't ask God to do it. We didn't even command it to be done, even though that would be appropriate when there's a word of knowledge that's given. I felt it in worship. This is how I got it. Let me talk it through with you real quick before I make this announcement. Is that I felt it in my, in my low back. I felt it wrap around my side. I, it was an impression of my body. Some people call them sympathy pains. 
And so in those moments, what, what is appropriate 100% of the time is to command that thing to be healed because God's revealed his will. I don't need to ask him to do it. Use your authority. But what I always start with is just thanking God. See what we did is we just thank God for it happening. Thank God for the back going back into place. Thank God. And then at that point to where I just kept thanking him, it was because I've, I felt you can pray past the miracle. I'm not saying it won't happen. But there's a point to stop praying when you realize that your prayer isn't what actually is going to make it happen, but your belief in what Jesus paid for. So I just started thanking him because I felt words kind of fall out of my head. And in that moment, I know Holy Spirit's like, just, just shut up and thank me. You know, and he says it nicer than that. You know, he's a little more polite than that, even though I'd be okay with that. Some of y'all may not be okay with that. I'm good with that. And then he, because he wanted to do it more than we wanted him to. So thanks, Jesus. Three years of, of pain. Come on. <laughs> Air hug. <laughs> it's <a laughs> kind of an inside joke. <clears throat> so I have a, an amazing announcement for you all, and um, I want you, you all to hear, hear this. I want you to pay very close attention in this moment, um, <clears throat> just because um, this is the details are going to, to really matter here, okay? And um, <clears throat> for those of you that are watching, if there's some of the Revive the Royal family that, that is watching online right now, <clears throat> you'll be able, anybody can go back and listen to this, by the way, obviously on Facebook. So one of the things that we have established, this will be eight years this month that Revive the World's been going. Um, yeah, it's amazing, right? I mean, God is faithful. I can't believe it's been longer than that if you count the six months before the actual launch. So we're going really more about eight and a half years. And um, so it's been eight and a half, it'll be eight and a half years since I've, since I've taken a break, essentially. And um, just last year, I started taking two weeks of vacation. I didn't, I didn't want to. It isn't that I couldn't have, it's just that I didn't want to. And so one of the things that one of the ministries that we really look to that's been going for 25 years uh, this year is New Covenant in Newcastle, uh, Indiana. You guys familiar with them? Um, a good portion of us have been over there for inner healing because they have an inner healing ministry that's been going for about 20 years. And a few, maybe a few of you are related to one person in the <laughs> and uh, it, at uh, at New at New Covenant. And so one of the things they do is that every seven years they take a sabbatical. And so this is my eighth year, and I prayed about taking a sabbatical last year because I want to, what we're doing is we're establishing uh, rhythms of rest, intentional rest for our fully paid staff members, which that would essentially be three of us at this point, me and, and Sarah and Lindsay. And uh, when I prayed last year, I felt like the, Jesus said, don't do it last year. And I was relieved because I didn't want to do it last year. And, um, and then I looked at the big picture and I thought, well, COVID and all the restrictions and all those things would have made it a little more complicated uh, for me to do some things. So now this year, I'm going to, to take an eight-week sabbatical. Um, it will be uh, the day after Father's Day, which I believe is June 20th. And it will go until August, through August, through August 14th. Um, listen to me, I'm, I'm coming back. I don't, I don't, I'm taking a sabbatical because we are, I'm, I'm not burnt out. I'm not in trouble. There's not been a moral failure. I'm not in any type of sin. None of those things. Like the, I've not done, I, and if it was up to me, not only would I not take a sabbatical right now in this moment, I would be in 10 different countries at the same time as I'm right here. Because that's how I feel more on fire than I ever have been. <clears throat> but establishing these things that are intentional is going to continue, um, like sabbaticals for, for staff members, is going to continue to create a healthy, healthy culture of what it looks like to honor, honor Sabbath rest. And so during that time, during that time, uh, Sarah, you all know who Sarah is? Uh, Sarah will be the interim pastor while I'm away. With uh, full support, as I have the full support of our leadership team, if you all know who our, our leadership team is, Owen and, and Nikki Wald, along with Lindsay, uh, Sarah, uh, Joe, and Arelli Wilson, 
and Alex and, and Aaron Jacobs, which are all in the room right now. We're all, we all have heard Jesus on this. We all are 100% agreement that this is supposed to happen, even though I was incredibly reluctant to do it because I, I love what I do. I love what I get to do. So uh, Sarah will have the full support of our leadership team while I'm away, and what that means is that she's no longer just the worship pastor while I'm away. She'll also be your pastor while I'm away. Um, and so she's, she's really excited to be able to serve you in that way. We know that that's a call of God on her life. She has the grace and the anointing for that. Um, I'll, if I haven't said this publicly before, um, now's the right time to do it, is that I see the five-fold ministry gift of the pastor, uh, at least that, that one particular gift in this, in this area on, on your life, on Sarah's life. And so... This is, uh, is going to be an exciting time. The, I have strategic things. For eight weeks, I have, you might think, well, sabbatical is just a vacation. No, it's, it's not. Um, it's, yeah, there's going to be times of rest in there, but there's intentional times that I'm getting away with the Lord um, in, in different places. Retreat centers, praying into what's, what's God have next for the family. This is for us. This is for the good of us. It ultimately will benefit me and my family, but also the Revive the World family, because what benefits me benefits you. It's just the way that God set it up. And so even during that time, I have uh, restoring, you know what restoring the foundations ministry is? Yeah. It's like sozo and inner healing on steroids. It's way deeper. It's about 18 hours of inner healing in, in, a, in one week. Um, so I have one of those scheduled. I've wanted to do one for a couple years. And um, that's something that we, our, our leadership, every, it's been every couple years, we started about a year and a half ago or so, that our leadership goes through inner healing um, intentionally. Um, all of our leadership team does. Um, just on, we're doing that on a regular basis. Um, so as we're also, you know, tending to our own hearts on a daily basis. But we're making sure, it's like taking your car in. You know, you take it in to get the oil changed every once in a while. It's probably a good idea to rotate the tires. Every five or whatever you you know, now with full synthetic, you can go what eight to ten. <laughs> but your regular maintenance on your car, and so if I take my car in, I probably ought to take my heart in, right? And uh, sometimes you can think, well, I can just work this out by myself. But guess what? Uh, Jesus didn't make it to be that way. This thing isn't uh, you know. I used to have a guy that sing this song when I worked with in, in foundation work. He used to sing. Me and, my, me and Jesus got our own thing going on. He'd only sing it when I was around, though. And I thought, I, I called me preacher. That was the only guy around that really was, you know, living for Jesus. The rest of them were, weren't there yet, we'll say. <clears throat> and I knew what he was saying. I don't want anything to do with community. I don't want anything to do with the church. I just, I want to do my own thing with Jesus. That's unhealthy. It screams, it screams rebellion to me. It screams rebellion. And so... Jesus created us to be healed in the context of, of family and relationship. And, um, and so that's what well, this is. Uh, I really believe that this is going to be the, even while I'm away, I believe this is going to be the most fruitful season that we've ever had. I believe that, that while the team is, is stepping up and Sarah's uh, essentially in charge with them, that it's going to take us to new heights and, and new levels because of the grace and the gifting and the anointing and because we're being obedient to a biblical principle. So, Monday, March 28th, because I'm not going to keep going on and on about it uh, today because I want to share, you know, what I've got on my heart. Uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit's given me. But Monday, next Monday, March 28th at 7 p.m. here at the Revival World Building, we're going to have, for an hour or so, we're going to have an open forum. Our whole leadership team will be here with me, and you guys can come at that time and ask questions. Uh, you can ask questions. We want it to be a conversation uh, ask questions about the sabbatical, what it means versus things that you think of throughout the week. Um, and if you can't make it to that uh, Monday, March 28th at 7 p.m., um, if you can't make it, then email us at support at revivetheworld.org, and I will set up a phone call with you. I want to make sure that you all clearly understand that this is a good thing, that nobody's afraid, Right? Um, and that it's, it's going to be something that actually benefits everybody. So I want to make sure that your questions get answered. I want to make sure that we can have a conversation. I'm inviting you all into this, into this conversation with us. Um, I never want this to be a thing where none of us do. We never want this to be a thing where we just tell you what we're doing and that's it. Yeah. 
you know, there are decisions that get made like that because you can have too many chiefs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but in situations like this, we want to make sure that you guys are all on board and, and with this and uh, that you're good. Okay? Everybody clear? Yeah. Awesome. So, thank you. Thanks, Courtney. 7 p.m., Monday, March 28th. We'll be right here. Um, let's see. Did I? At the end of the. Monday. At the end of Monday. Okay. Yes. We are going to pray over me and and prophesy and um, and prophesy into this into this season. So, just being totally totally transparent as um, as I flow into what I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about today is that when the, the first thought of of taking time off uh, terrified me. Um, because if some of you may be able to relate to this, if you started a business or something like that, something you started up, um, or maybe you've been a part of a church plant and you were in leadership, but if you haven't, it may be a little harder to relate. Um, but, uh, you know, when you've helped birth something, um, parents, you, you can relate in the sense of when your kids are leaving the house, right? <laughs> there's a little bit of relief, but there's a, a lot of, you know, there's fear that surrounds that for some of us. And um, so birthing this thing um, that God asked us to do, you know, this wasn't our plan. Um, I honestly didn't want a pastor, um, you know, 10 years ago. If you'd asked me if that's what I want to do, I would say, absolutely not. And I found out that pastoring looks a lot more like fathering. And I found out that this was going to actually refine me as, it was, as, as much as it was anybody else. And uh, I thought it was to steal something from Steve Backland. I, um, I thought it was all about me changing the world. And I found it out that a lot of it was about God changing me. <laughs> and so, and uh, pl- pleasantly surprised with that revelation. And um, it's, been, it's been a beautiful journey. But when you actually, you know, when you do that and the work and the tears and the blood, actually, when we remodeled this building, there's blood. Under this carpet, that's mine. I promise. <laughs> I've been electrocuted at least two times that I remember in this building. <laughs> I accidentally jabbed Dave Knoll uh, with a sawzall. Um, there was no blood, no puncture wound, but it was close. Um, <laughs> it was. That's where Joe, we found out how strong Joe is when we were pulling, up, pulling carpet up from, from the floor here. We first met, well, second time we met. But, um, so there's a lot that went into this. You know, it almost killed me at the beginning, uh, honestly, working full-time and, and, and doing this. And so when all that combination, you think I'm going to take this much time off, there was a lot of lies I had to work through. And it had nothing to do with our team. It had nothing to do with anybody else. It had everything to do with my beliefs. And, and that's what I can, I can promise you only a few things is that Jesus is always the answer to every situation that's going on in the world. Regardless of what it is, G- Jesus is the answer. And it's, it's all about what I believe. It's all about what I believe. And I found that, that out in this situation. And it's helped me to move into a higher place of, of believing and ultimately helped me to move into a higher place of trusting. And so as I, I talk to you today about rhythms of rest, I feel like the Holy Spirit is going to begin to um, bring things or a thing to the surface that's going to be really good. Um, Dr. Mike would, Dr. Mike Hutchins would call it being triggered. Uh, when when the, Holy, the Holy Spirit triggering is good, you bring something to the surface and he's going to deal with it today. Wow. He's not going to wait till a week from now. Um, but the, one of the number one things, we would all agree that one of the number one things, if not the number one thing in relationship that makes it possible to have healthy relationship is trust, right? If you don't have trust, you, you don't have anything. If you don't have trust, you don't have a solid foundation. Whatever you've got is, is built on sand. And so trust becomes the foundation of, of everything that the Father is building upon our lives. And in our relationship, ultimately, with Him. And all of us, when we come into the kingdom, we start at different, different trust levels, right? We start, it, it, all, some of us uh, were more likely to trust. Some of us 
were not likely to trust at all whatsoever. Some of you were like me. I had a, had a real hard time trusting. And then I came into the kingdom, and I knew that Jesus had set me free because there was evidence of it in my life. It wasn't just wishful thinking. It, it wasn't some you know, big spiritual thing. It was, in one moment, I was, I was addicted and schizophrenic and depressed and suicidal, and in the next moment, I was completely free from all of those things were gone. I wasn't raised in church, but you didn't have to tell me that there was something different about me. I didn't have biblical language for it. I, I didn't have the paradigm. I, did, I, couldn't, I couldn't frame it for you and teach it to you, but I could tell you that I was free because I was free. That's all I knew. And so everything changed in, in one moment. And, and when, when that happened and I began to get discipled and begin to read the Bible, the very first scripture that Don Sink, a wonderful, amazing man of God who went home to be with the Lord last year, uh, during, during COVID, he, um, him and his wife, Joy Lynn, started Salt Paul Ministries, probably 2006. Still going today, Anthony um, took it over, and um, it's a discipleship ministry for men, and they spend seven months there, and, and it's free of charge, and they believe God for every single dollar, every single penny of provision. I don't have fundraising campaigns or anything like that. They pray it all in. And uh, when they need something, they'll just go and, and they'll, they'll, Don would say, uh, you want to give this to me. <laughs> Vehicle, whatever, <laughs> lumber. <laughs> Sometimes they'd pray it in and other times he'd just approach people he felt like he was supposed to and he'd let them know that they felt like, you know, hey, you're, you really want to give this to us. It's going to benefit a lot of people. And, he just had a way of, uh, of just in, in quiet, humble authority uh, going in, and he'd come out with whatever he needed um, for the ministry. And the very first scripture that he had me memorize was Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And you know when, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think a whole lot now, I think a whole lot more than I used to, but back then I didn't think at all. I was just real happy to be, to be free, and I was just you know burning for him with a whole lot of zeal and no wisdom. And so I didn't think much about it when he said, I want you to memorize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it's, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will, he will direct your paths. So the Bible tells us to do only two things that I can find in the Bible with all of our hearts. And it's to love the Lord your God right? With all your heart, with all you've got, and to trust him with all you've got. And I propose to you that those two things hinge on one another, that I can only love at the level that I trust. Because wherever there's mistrust, there's fear. And wherever there's fear, there's an absence of love. Because wherever love is, there's an absence of fear. Because perfect love drives out fear. And when I don't trust, that means that I'm afraid. And that's, and, and it, and that's okay because in one or two or more areas of all of our lives, there are, there's a level of mistrust with, with God. Now, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that having full trust in God equates to having full trust in, 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 in mankind. Because one thing we do is we honor everyone. We honor everyone. First Peter talks about that, honor all people. So everybody gets honor from us. That means applying the correct value to their lives. But not, but not everybody gets full trust. Right? It's why we have uh, relational boundaries. It's why we have people in our inner circle. And then we have friends that are in outer circle. And then we have people that may be family and friends that are in a further out circle. And then we have people that don't get in the circles at all because they're not trustworthy. Because they've done something to break trust. And so trust is built, but honor is given. Love and honor are given, but trust is, trust is built. It doesn't mean that I go into every situation uh, skeptical of, of people and paranoid, but it, because I, that was my whole life. But I'll tell you this, is that just like I've, I've mentioned this to you before, is that your, your brain, our brains are like a search engine is that if you're looking for a solution to a problem, your brain, and you believe there is one, your brain will continue to go until you find that solution. It, like Google search, it will just keep on going. 
If you don't trust and you, you have a reason not to trust, your brain will continually look for that reason not to trust until it finds one. If you do trust, your brain will continually look for reasons to trust until it finds one. Our brains are amazing, right? They work for us or they work against us, but we're the ones that get to choose how they work because I get to be in control of, of me. And so if I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, if, in, in one translation, I believe it's the NIV, it says that I submit myself to the Lord in all my ways. When I submit myself to him, that means that I, I trust him. Like, I'm not going to submit myself to you if I don't, I don't trust you, right? And so this is, this is what it looks like for me, to, to live in rhythms of, of rest. There's a couple different things that I feel that goes into it, and trust is synonymous with, with rest. We sang today that his finished work is, is more than enough, yeah. Right? You made that declaration out of your mouth. Some of you made it in your head because you don't like singing out loud. I don't like singing loud at all because I don't sound good, right? I like the music to be louder so I can sing louder and you can't hear me. And the louder it is, the louder I get. And the lower it is, the lower I get. But I realized years ago that when I sing songs, I'm making declarations, that I'm not just singing songs. I'm making faith statements. And when I say something like, you're actually more than... Your finished work is more than enough. That is, that has within that statement has all the spiritual nutrients to actually feed my faith that, in a way that brings me into the fullness of trust, which coincides with me actually living in the fullness of rest. And living in rest is what actually is the gateway to me living in oneness with Jesus. There's a difference between knowing I'm one with him and actually living out of the reality of that oneness. We know that we're one by faith, right? We, we accepted Jesus into our lives, and he lives inside of us. He's not in this little place. He, I like to say, Jesus is in my heart. Well, yeah, okay, he's, he's in your heart. He's throughout your whole body. Like he didn't come in just to take up a little space, a little hole in your heart that was made just for him. He came to fill the whole thing. We see that in the book of Acts. When the Spirit of God comes in, the Spirit of God fills every space that he comes into. And so when the Spirit of God came into you, or the Spirit of Jesus, He flooded our whole being, right? And so we know that we are, we are one with Him. Like that's, I mean, that's basic uh, biblical theological knowledge. But living in that reality takes me actually consistently transforming me in my mind to higher beliefs that result in me trusting him more so that I can actually live from rest more. Because when I'm trusting, I'm resting. When I'm resting, I'm trusting. And when I say that the finished work was enough, it actually invites me into this place that my beliefs can go so high that there's not one bit of worry or one bit of fear in my life, period. Because that, that we were not created to be afraid. I'm not saying that we, weren't, that we won't face fear. I'm saying that I was never, you were never created to be dictated by the influence of fear. <laughs> it was never meant to make any of my decisions. It was never, invent, it was never created to come into my house and, and fill the atmosphere or in my bedroom and dictate the way that I sleep or if I stay up worrying at night about my kid or kids or finances or any of that stuff. It was not meant to come into relationships and disrupt and interrupt uh, divine connection and heart connection. It was not, we weren't made for that, Right? And the enemy's not going to stop trying to do all of those things to us. So it is on us. It's on us. This is, it's on us to take our beliefs into a place to where it doesn't impact me anymore because I'm so confident in the nature and character of the Father that I'm no longer afraid. This is another one of those things that it isn't... You, there's, there's several things in the kingdom that you and I won't pray and say, God, take this. I've run into people that are like, I don't know why God just won't take this problem I have. Right? Well, if he starts taking one problem, what, he's going to have to run your whole life because you're going to ask him to take all your problems. 
right? And, he, and what he says is he puts it back in our court. You say, take this problem. He says, actually, you know what? I, I, would, I would love for you to do this, this for me, daughter, for me, son. This is what I'd love for you to do. I'd love for you to tap into your new nature of who you are. I'd love for you to see how powerful you are. I'd love for you to see that you don't have to bow to this thing anymore. I'd love for you to see that you have full control over your life, that life doesn't happen to you, but you happen to it. This is what I love for you. This is what, this is what I hear the Holy Spirit. He's just like, just let, let, let me partner with you to make powerful decisions in your life to where you no longer look like you used to, but you look like everything that I've always saw you as. And this is what the Father, in this hour, I feel like this is what he's doing. It's he's bringing us into a new place of being able to see him clearer so that I can come into agreement with his nature of who he truly is and begin to trust him in every single area. Because the only reason that we have mistrust in our lives is because we don't see him completely clear. Is that there's still some aspect. I can use sozo tools at the altar with people that every time they come up and they say, I fear uh, not having protection in my life. I feel like I'm, I'm not protected. And I can link it back almost every time to uh, a parent of yours not protecting you. Yes. Almost every single time. Not, like I'm, I'm afraid of not being provided for. I can link it back almost every time to somebody not providing for you in your life when you were little. Almost every time. Right? That's what, it's, it, it, that comes from somewhere. It didn't just... Like, all of a sudden, it just happened. No, it comes from somewhere, right? We all grew up in some sort of dysfunction. Even if it was a little bit or a lot of bit, <laughs> there was dysfunction, right? Because we are yet to have completely whole and healthy people, right? We're getting really close to that, but none of our parents were completely whole and healthy, right? I wasn't as a parent. I, would, I thought many times, man, I wish I could go back and do that differently, because you get revelation five years or even a year later, and you're like, man, I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have said that differently. I wish I'd approach that situation differently. I wish I would have empowered them in a, in a better way, right? It's not necessarily regret. It's just sometimes you wish you'd had a do-over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't live in, in regret anymore because it's not healthy. But because of that, because dysfunction's been, been into our, our home environments, then we were raised with a misrepresentation of what the Father looks like. I don't care if you're Christians or not, that the whoever was in charge of your life, whoever was over you, whatever authority figures were over you, you were constantly looking at them as the image of God before you ever knew who God was because they were created to be a representation of who the Father is to you. As we all are. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when he was saying that, if you looked into my eyes, you've looked into the eyes of the Father. And he's saying, when you see me display the things that I display that actually oppose much of the law now, when you see me display these things that show you it's a new day and a new covenant, you are seeing what the Father is actually like. And he, and he invites us into that life. And he says, you, now you've become, because you're sons and daughters of God, you've become representations of who the Father is. <sighs> Isn't that amazing? What a privilege. It's great. <laughs> and so let me read something to you out of, out of Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> it's, um, I'm going to read two different scriptures out of Hebrews 4. I'm going to read verse 9 and 10, and then I'm going to read verses 14 through 16. And this is talking about the, the rest of God. You know, God demonstrated what it was to rest on the seventh day. And then the Sabbath rest was made something that it was never meant to, meant to be. And Jesus came and, and showed the Jewish people. He said, you thought that the, you know, the Sabbath was for, was for, or I'm sorry, that man was for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is for man. And they were mad because he did a miracle on the Sabbath, right? Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't understand. They didn't, they, didn't get, they didn't have the revelation yet of what, it, what the Sabbath was actually for. And, and it's, 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 way, this, it's actually the Sabbath when we begin to honor that in the, in the time off, the 24 hours. 
that's important to take in our lives. And some seasons we're able to do that. And I know other seasons you're kind of grinding it out. And I get that too. I remember when I was trying to work seven days a week when I was doing tree, tree work and, and the Lord spoke to me and he's, you know, I was trying to make more, I needed more money. That's why you work more. You, you need more money. And I needed more money. I didn't just want more money to buy stuff. I was in an incredible amount of debt at that time. And uh, I had to owe some money that, uh, you know, I was paying off my past <laughs> before Christ. Those debts came into the kingdom with me. And, and fortunately, I was able to get all that, that paid off. And now my, my credit's amazing. But during that season, I thought, this is how I'll do it. I'll, I'll work harder for it. I'm not opposing hard work. If you, if you don't work hard, I believe that it's, it's you know, you're given a bad example. You know, we, we are, our lives preach way more than our words ever will. And one of those main ways we can do that is, is being on time. You know, Steve Backlund talks about 10 things that require no gifting and no talent at all. One of them is being on time. <laughs> Come on. I, va I value that a lot because I value people's time. And so, uh, you know, you're on time. You work hard. You're attentive. You, it takes 10 people to replace you when you leave. Give good notice. All those things. Those are good work ethics, right? That's just good character to live by. But the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, you'll never work seven days again. And I thought, okay. I thought, how, how am I going to do that? And he said, you're going to trust me <laughs> that you don't have to work the seventh day and that I'll provide for you. And, and that terrified me because I didn't trust him. Because I was only two years old in Jesus, and I still was expected to trust a God that I can't see. And I didn't have this revelation that I'm talking to you about. And so I thought, this is amazing. No, God's doing things for my life. I really still don't know him yet. I don't know who I am. I didn't know anything about identity. And now you want me to trust you. I hear you speaking to me. I know I hear your voice. I've been hearing his voice for at least a solid year. He'd been speaking, and there'd been fruit from the things that he spoke to me. Oh, he'd, he'd spoke to me about going to a, a certain place and, and um, instead of actually finishing my college at that time. And I thought that was crazy. And I did it because <laughs> I was just that crazy to believe that it was God. And because I believed it was God, it brought us to this moment right here today in 2009. Talking about 13 years ago that I didn't do something that to the world made perfect sense and, to, and, and did something to the world that looked crazy. And because I did it, I got, I got a crash course in the gifts of the Spirit and how to flow in the anointing and, and um, to drive demons out of people's lives and, and made a couple of heart connections of friendships that are still, you know, going to this day. And so I, I, I knew what it was to see fruit from the things that God spoke to me, but I still had every, every single area of my life, not just a few, every area of my life had fear in it. Every single area. And, it's, and it was primarily because I thought, how can I trust this God I can't see? Like I, and, and then he leads you, you know, to the revelation that, yeah, you actually can see me. Just look at Jesus. He's the perfect representation of who I am. Well, you know, I didn't get that for about mm, four more years when I started to get that revelation. After two, It was probably 2013 when I started to actually begin to get that. And it's something that you have to, it would just work out the wounding and the bad beliefs and all the stuff that you were brought up with and uh, creating new neural pathways with new belief systems and all that. And so it was, um, when, he, when he told me I wouldn't work, it actually began a trend in my life of, of making sure that I took a Sabbath until I started ministry. I'm going to get to Hebrews 4 in a minute. And when I started ministry, the first year of ministry first year and a half of ministry, maybe the first two years of ministry, I worked seven days a week. I worked seven days a week because I didn't trust God. It was a whole new level because every season comes with a new level of trust because he's given you more influence. And it's my responsibility. Timing belongs to the Lord, but preparation belongs to me. It's my responsibility to prepare my beliefs for that next season. And if I'm not ready, I'm telling you that it will be more painful than what it needs to be. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> pruning doesn't feel good, but it, it's, it's very helpful. <laughs> it produces more fruit. 
And, and, and so when I started ministry, what it, what it did, me working seven days a week, when the Lord already told me, he was very clear, you'll never work seven days a week again. So I disobeyed him. And in my disobedience, in my rebellion, I thought it looked very spiritual because I was working so hard. And all it did was lead to burnout, which almost killed me, almost destroyed my family. And if it wasn't for Rest Ministries and Chuck and Becca Lehman, I don't know if I'd be here today. Because they began to teach me about rhythms of rest. They began to show me what it was to trust Him, that I didn't have to work so hard. And the Lord began to talk to me, and He said, you'll actually work less and get more done. I said, it doesn't make any sense. He says, does it make any, does it make any sense anything else I do? You've got a point. <laughs> Does it make a sense? In a, in a moment, you begin to thank me for backs being healed supernaturally, and I, and I come in that moment and do it. Does that really make logical sense to you? I get the point, Lord. <laughs> I'm getting it, Jesus. <laughs> thank you for your patience with me and my finite mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they begin to teach me this, this principle. And out of Hebrews 4, them and the Lord, the Holy Spirit, began to show me what it was to actually live in rhythms of rest. Because Sabbath rest invites us into a lifestyle of living from rest every day of our lives. Because if I don't trust Him six days of the week, and I live out of one, uh, not living in oneness, but outside of oneness, essentially, which is trust is the bridge to get in there. If I live outside of that and, and live in fear for six days of the week, taking a day off is, isn't going to be that good for me. <laughs> it's better than not taking one off, but I can guarantee you that it is, it is not made just so that I can run to the point of crashing, rest for a day, and then, because that's what sabbaticals have been modeled to some of you guys. You know why I was so clear in stating what the sabbatical was? Because some of you have experience, oh, pastors in burnout, pastors in trouble, pastors this, right? Yes? Right? That's when pastors take sabbatical, when they need it. Oh, then they can take a sabbatical, and then they can run until burnout for until the next time. How, you know, that's why the, one of those crazy statistics of, of marriages that fail because of people coming into the pastorate, because they don't live healthy. They say ministry destroys marriages. No, people that don't know how to li don't know how to live in rest is why marriages are destroyed. Ministry, <laughs> it's not because of ministry. <laughs> ministry has no power over me. I have the power to live in rest and thrive in every season. When Jesus, you know, when they came up to Jesus and asked him at the woman at the well, they said, or he, he's got to be hungry," and he said, "No, I've got food that you know not of." And he's like, "They're like, who fed him?" And he said, my food actually is to do the will of the Father. You know what I hear when he says that? Is he says, when I do the will of the Father, I actually get refreshed spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I started to make that declaration for my life. The ministry doesn't drain me. It causes me to thrive because I'm doing the will of the Father. So it's feeding me. <laughs> Come on. That's what it's about. And I'm not, oh, this is a principle that I'm, I'm living out on a daily basis and learning to get, right? And so Sabbath rest, this in Hebrews 4, what I'm getting ready to read, <laughs> I promise, is, is inviting us into Sabbath. I believe this is why God created the Sabbath. Kai, Kai maybe, maybe has better language because it's more of a heritage, but this is spiritually speaking. This is me looking at it. This is what I believe. Or Joe. <clears throat> is that he created it so that we would begin to get the revelation that we can live in that particular Sabbath rest every day of our lives. As my friend David Wagner says, he says, I rest while I run and run while I rest. Because I'd see him on trips that he can't, he can't take a day off when he was traveling 350 to 450,000 miles a year on a plane, average, doing ministry, 260 some days a year. I said, how do you do it and not die? He said, I live from rest. I rest while I run and run while I rest. And what he was saying is, I've learned to live in that. I've learned to live in rest. And sometimes you don't get the day off. Because sometimes it doesn't allow for it. And I get that. Now, everybody has the luxury to do that, right, in every season of life. Some of you do. That's great. Some of you may not in this season. So if that's you, this principle is going to be important for you to get. 
But I believe that that Sabbath day, me taking that off, is supposed to not just get me out of work and get me closer connected to family, which is vitally important. But in that, I get revelation that says, oh, I can live from this. (laughs) It's not just the day of the week that, oh, I can't wait till it gets here so I can finally rest. No, your body does need rest, absolutely. Be good to your body. You're only getting one of them. It's important. It's just as spiritual to take care of your body as it is to take care of any other part of you. Right? So, yes, take care of all of you. But in this, in this particular passage, I believe that it's inviting us into something that that God demonstrated from, from Genesis. And it's so that we thrive in every season of our lives. You and I weren't made to just make it out of here. Right? Just can't wait till Jesus gets back. I hope I can make it. My gosh, let's not, let's, let's not make his sacrifice something that just allowed me to make it out of here. Oh, come on. You're talking about devil destroying, body healing, mind healing, right? World changing sacrifice of his blood and power. Come on. Like, that's not, that, even in that statement, you're thinking, that doesn't sound like I was just created to make it. No, come on. Come on. We, we're going into a place of thinking bigger, believing bigger. That's where we're invited into. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. What works am I ceasing from? It doesn't mean that I don't do anything. We get that, right? I know that mo- all of you in here are... are more mature than that. Like you realize I don't just stop doing stuff. It's that I stop doing stuff in my own strength and expecting fruit from God for it. So if it's not producing fruit in my life, I might want to check and make sure that I'm doing it from grace. Because if I'm doing it from grace, it's going to produce fruit. Grace is the garden that actually produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And when I do it from grace, then it's going to produce fruit, tangible fruit in my life. Not fruit that you need spiritual eyes to see. (laughs) Faith, if you look real hard with faith, you'll see my fruit. I better not have to look to see the fruit of my life. I won't be in trouble in multiple places, and one of them is going to be home. (laughs) Like James said, you... I'll show you my faith by my works. He's saying, I'll actually, I'll actually prove to you that I trust God. Because, you know, the pillars of the kingdom are faith and hope and the foundation being love. These three remain. And faith and trust and rest all are synonymous. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to only have faith if I have trust. And hope goes right there with them. So he's saying that when we get this revelation, I'll quit trying in my own strength. Now, there's other things that go into this, health being one of them. But for me personally, this is how I realize that I'm doing things out of my own strength, that I'm trying real hard is that my energy gets zapped real easy. Because yep. I'm trying to carry God's load in my human strength. <laughs> Which I used to feel like I was a pretty, pretty strong dude. But guess what? There's a few things that weights won't do for you. They, they, won't get, they won't win a fight with the devil. I don't care how strong you are, how much you can bench press or squat. <laughs> or shoulder press. They, you can't whoop the devil by being physically strong, right? And it also won't cause you to be able to carry the things that, that God is, is intended to carry for us. His work and not ours. And so Hebrews chapter 14, I'm going to close with this and, and let you know that you have, you have help because sometimes you look at this Remember, all of these things, we have, uh, I'm going to read this scripture and then I'm going to give you some practical, okay? Because I want to give you practical things to go with this. 
But sometimes we think about this and we think, how am I, if you're, if you're still living a little bit of performance, like a lot of us have a little bit of performance in there, maybe most of you may not have any, I don't know. But if you have a little bit of performance, your first thought might have been, how will I make this happen? <laughs> right? Because that's what I used to think, how am I going to do this? I'm going to make it happen. And no, my second thought should be, what do I do? My first thought should be, what do I believe better? My beliefs have to change. My beliefs have to change. And so Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. We need help. Where do we go? The throne room. That's where we find mercy and grace. We all need it. So God's mercy is new every morning, and I need to live from the grace. Because remember, it's divine enablement upon the heart of mankind. That means it empowers me to live the life that he says I can live. It empowers me into a place that shows me, yes, I can trust you. It begins to reveal the nature and character of, of the Father through Jesus in every area of my... Yes, I can trust you to protect me. I can trust you to provide for me. I can trust you with my family. I can trust you with my relationships. I can trust you with my job. I can trust you with all these things. I can trust you to come through with, to be a part of my dreams. I can trust you to actually do way more than I can expect you to or even ask or even dream myself because these are the things the Bible says, right? So I can, tr I can trust him. And, and so these are the practical things that I ask myself. Find which areas are those that I am yet to fully trust in, in him. Because you, you're likely to have areas that you fully trust him. I can look around this room and I know there's some areas of some of your lives that I know personally that you fully trust him. But if there is an area, which I'm guessing there might be one, that you have yet to fully trust him, Put it down on, on, a, on a list. If it's only one, then it will be a short list. But if you have more than one, put, put them down. Sit with the Holy Spirit and, and dialogue with Him. Make a list of the areas that you're yet to. Yet to. That means you're going to. I like to say that better than, than I don't trust Him. That I'm just yet to get the revelation of His nature and character in that way. The next thing is I ask the Holy Spirit why. What's the reason? We're going to do that in just a minute because I feel like that some of you, there's an area that's, that's come up to the surface since I've been talking that you don't trust him. I believe it's just one area because he's that kind and gracious. <laughs> he works with one thing at a time, right? He, the only way he overwhelms us is with his love. <laughs> it's not with a whole bunch of stuff where we need work. So I asked the Holy Spirit, what's the root reason? Not just the branches. The branches or the fruit of me not trusting, I will see in my, in my daily life, but I also want to know what's the root system of this thing. Because Jesus goes back to the root. Your doctor may only treat symptoms, but Dr. Jesus treats, he takes the whole tree out. He's taking that whole thing out of there. So when I find out what the lie is, oh, did I tell you that? If there's mistrust there, there's a lie that's being believed about God. Just to be clear, I won't church it up for you. It's a lie. You guys don't need it that way. So you break agreement with that lie. I, this is what I do. I, I say it out loud. In Jesus' name, I break agreement with a lie that God won't provide for me, that he's not my provider. And because of this particular reason, one of my parents didn't provide for me. And then you know what I do? You forgive them. Forgive them might say that's that's difficult you got grace for it you've got more forgiveness in your life than you'll ever need to give out to the people around you in a lifetime when you receive forgiveness you received all the forgiveness you'll ever need for a lifetime more than enough because God didn't just like he measured it drop he's like yeah they'll forgive 700 times and here here's one drop of forgiveness for every time no he just says here you have unlimited forgiveness forgive choose so that helps me because I know what it is to feel like it's hard to forgive. All right? I, I know the feeling. So I'm not being not sympathetic here. I'm just telling you truth. 
so that it gets you past that thing that says, I don't feel like I can. Well, your feelings are a terrible master, but a beautiful indicator of what you believe. <laughs> so break agreement with a lie, forgive. And then I ask the Holy Spirit for a truth according to the character we see in Jesus or see him display. And I make a declaration and meditation out of that truth. Because declaring it alone is not enough. I need to meditate on it day and night. What God tell Joshua, you meditate on the law day and night, right? And if you'll do that, this is what will happen. You'll walk in my way, right? You'll be blessed. Why was he saying that? He's saying because your beliefs are going to change and it's going to be something that you unconsciously do. Not something where you have to try real hard to do. So I make a declaration and a meditation out of it and I make it my daily, I make it my daily bread. Make it my daily bread until that thing, however long I need to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be like a cycle of antibiotics, likely. It's not going to be 10 days. It, it's likely to be a little longer than that. Maybe some of you will get it in 10 days, but I make declarations and I tend to do them for months on end. Because I won't know if that thing has transformed my mind until I actually face a situation that that belief, I need that belief and I need to be able to trust him. If it's provision, it's going to be like, I got more month than I got money. Then you're going to find out if you trust him as provider. <laughs> you don't have to look for opportunities to, to find out what you believe. Life will show you. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. When you look at it that way, it's exciting because it, it, life is squeezing me and what I believe comes out and then I get an opportunity to change my beliefs. And so every day there's opportunity for growth. <laughs> the, it's, it's, it's like your life is helping disciple you. I never looked at it that way, but that's true. Okay, so while I'm doing this, remember this, very important, to focus mainly where you have grown, where you have grown in trust. Because you can look over the course of your life and you can see right now that you trust more than you used to. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you trust more than you used to trust. So you've grown in trust. Remember to focus there. Don't focus on where you don't trust because whatever you think about the most will get bigger. It will be, it will be, it's the biblical principle of magnification. Remember the times that you have chosen trust and write them down. Remember the times that you've chosen trust. Make them testimonies. You say, yeah, it was scary, but I chose to trust you in this particular area. For the finances, for a property. Or, you know what I mean? It's for, or for, for my marriage, or for my kids, or for whatever it is. I've cho I chose to trust you there. Write that down because celebrate the testimony of the goodness of God in your life. You chose something. That was a powerful, powerful choice that you made. And remember that trust, just like love, is a choice that I can make, regardless of what it feels like. Trust is not a, is not a feeling. Now, I may feel it when I don't trust, but I can choose to, to trust. Even I can choose to trust God even when it, when it feels scary. So, one last scripture, and I'll just have you stand, if you would, stand with me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Jesus says a, a very powerful statement. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What do we learn from Jesus? We learn that he fully trusted the Father. He was fully dependent. Fully dependent on the Spirit of God, fully dependent on His oneness with the Father. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. What's that saying? I'm fully surrendered, and because I'm, and because I'm fully surrendered, it shows you that I fully trust. And because He fully trusts, He was able to live from rest. And because of all those things, He was thriving, even up until the point that He carried that cross of Golgotha laid down on it and let him kill him, right, for us. He was fully trusting, fully trusting, fully trusting. So the rest of that scripture says, For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but I found out that the rest that Jesus gives us is real, real important for my soul. Because a lot of times when I'm physically tired, it's because my soul is drained. My emotional tank 
is not where it should be. Sometimes we focus on getting our love tank filled. I'll tell you that your emotional tank is just as important as your love tank. They all go together. And Jesus wants you to, he wants to minister to your emotional tank as he ministers to your love tank. And be the one that fills that so that you don't look to any lesser lover. (laughs) So what we're going to do, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come in this moment. And by that, I mean just to make himself more real to us and give us help right now through grace. What we're going to do is we're just going to ask, what's the lie that I'm believing that's causing this mistrust in my life in this particular area? If you had an area already divulged to you by the Holy Spirit that you're not trusting God, I just want you to, to, to raise, your, raise your hand up real quick just to see if we were even remotely close. Okay. And then others of you just know. <laughs> I don't I don't ask that somewhere I don't have to have the Holy Spirit tell me. I'm like, yes, I know. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna take a second and just listen. Holy Spirit, just invite you to come into this moment and show us what's at the root of this, what's the lie that, that we're believing that's causing us to not trust you in this one particular area. about 15 more seconds. These moments usually you're just primed and ready. Holy Spirit's probably already got... Raise your hand if Holy Spirit's already given you something. Okay. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks for speaking to us. Thanks for being so good, so kind, so merciful. Thank you. All right. If you've got that thing in your mind, I just want you to repeat after me. Just say, you don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to say it too loud. Just whisper it or whatever you're comfortable with. Say it in your mind. It doesn't matter to me. It'll still work. Just say in the name of Jesus, I break agreement with this lie. And then just share, you know what the, you, what the, you know what the lie is. So just say it out loud if you would, please. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask you for the truth to replace this lie. truth raise your hand if you already got you got some you got truth to replace it with yay all right just do this with me just declare say in the name of Jesus I come into agreement with this truth and then say it out loud if you would whatever it is Sunday morning is more discipleship for your life. We will never bow to the status quo of we're just going to do a Sunday morning gathering just to have church. We're going to go after something every Sunday, right? This is family time together. We can go after things together where things are even easier when we're all together in community with this great big open heaven over us where anything's possible. And so, Father, we thank you for what you just did 
uh, we just release your, your perfect love. Holy Spirit, would you minister the perfect love of the Father into every heart, online, in this room, in those places where mistrust have been, maybe in places where mistrust still is, that your perfect love would come. That your perfect love would come. Yeah, that you would begin to help us. <clears throat> help us, Holy Spirit, to live this empowered life you made us for. To choose trust daily as we choose to take our beliefs higher. And we thank you that you are taking us into this place of living from rest that is going to cause us to thrive at new levels in every single season that we go into throughout the rest of our lives. We thank you for helping us to live from rest. Rest while we run and run while we rest. Give us a schedule. Give us, help us to live intentionally with our lives of where we can schedule actual rest that will help us in those times of, of taking time away or time off. If we can do that in this season, maybe it's not whole days, maybe it's hours, whatever it looks like for us. We thank you that during that time, you're going to give us more and more revelation of what it looks like to live from rest. So we honor the Sabbath and whatever way you give us in this season. We thank you, Father, that you're taking us as a family into a place of living from rest and ultimately living from oneness. We thank you that you're taking our beliefs higher to trust you more. Help our vision to be clear of what you actually, who you actually are, Father, your character, your nature, that you are trustworthy. Clear up any confusion that we have about who you are. We thank you, Spirit of Truth, for being real good at that. Thanks that you're patient with us while we're building trust with you. Thanks that you're not rushing us along. Thank you that you're ever-present, always here, always helping, always providing everything that we need. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Prayer team get you all to, to come up front. Thanks, Jesus. Come on. He's good. He's so good. If you guys need prayer for anything, anybody else needs healed, Naomi, I don't think you stood for, we didn't have you standing for prayer. If you still got back pain, you want to come up here and get prayer, I'll pray for you. Yeah, anybody else needs prayer for anything, or maybe you just need to hang out with Jesus for a few moments, go ahead and do that. If not, you guys got to go. We bless you. We thank you that we get to be any part of your lives. Go and enjoy this, this beautiful day. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.